0: You're listening to All Bets Are On with host Christopher Bowen. Good. It is Monday morning, I, uh, March 23rd, 2020. I'm talking to my friend, my, my good APSC buddy, Tony Maluso. He's on the other side of this uh, phone call. We're going to talk to you. Let's talk about some way tournament, man. We, got, we, we don't have a lot of things going on right now in terms of sports. I know uh, Tony it's been a tough month for all of us uh how you doing man
1: uh just trying to hang hang in there as best as uh possible trying to uh trying to survive uh day to day here uh just uh brace for the upcoming hunger games and uh and see how it all plays out
0: you know normally i would tell you that's a, that's a sick joke but quite frankly it does seem like it's playing out like a horror movie right now so tony you uh at least the last best of my knowledge still working for the citizens voice up in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. And, uh, how are things going up there, man? Has it been, uh, has it been, has it been a horror film up there? Or are you guys, uh, more or less, uh, getting by unscathed? Uh, no, it's, uh, well, it, it, it's kind of scary
1: because we're, uh, you know, we were a couple hours removed from uh, New York city and not, uh, five hours from Boston. And, uh, slowly we see the, uh, numbers rise uh, there's a, a a surge of uh, cases around philadelphia area and uh and the, the death toll is uh is getting higher and higher and um our uh, our 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 city got its first confirmed case the other day and uh, the next county over had its first death uh yesterday so it's scary it's uh, it's getting closer and closer to us and uh uh we're trying to do what we can to hopefully not get totally uh, enveloped by the situation
0: for sure well with that, um, a nice natural transition here. Let's go from a horrible pandemic to the hypothetical NCAA tournament. Obviously, the NCAA tournament's not happening. But uh, I think yeah. we, all need some pos- we all need some positive uh, news right now. So we're going to play out like it actually is happening. Tony, I sent you a bracket. It's uh, compiled by Jerry Palm of CBS. Since we don't have an actual NCAA bracket, got to get a little creative here. And I'm curious to get your thoughts, man. I don't have a chance to pour over the bracket much yet, but uh, – you know, if, if if things happen the way that they are laid out in that bracket, uh, with teams like Kansas and Baylor and Dayton and Gonzaga being one seeds, et cetera, you know, who would you th- who do you think would make the Final Four, and who do you have winning it all? Uh, it's tough, you know, and
1: that's the thing I think that was kind of the most uh, distressing about this year. You know, I've been one for for years. I've been the I've been waiting, just waiting for the mid-major team to to rise up. And, and you know, we, we've had Final Four entries, Gonzaga, Butler, uh, were in the finals twice, uh, VCU, uh, a bunch of other teams, and just waiting for the, the the mid-major that could possibly win it. And you look at this year between Dayton and Gonzaga, and even like Creighton, even though they're a Big East team, not necessarily a mid-major uh san diego state though Butler. there's so many teams that had a, a great chance and everything was so up in the air and this could have been finally the year uh especially some of the the top upper echelon teams uh kansas and but you always got to take you know kansas is maybe looking as good as anybody going into the tournament but you got to take the bill self-factor into consideration and the fact that they uh, uh are not really the uh, uh the best performers uh, on a year-in year-out basis um that being said, though, I, I got Kansas coming out. Uh, looking at the the hypothetical Jerry Palm CBS Sports bracket, I do have Kansas coming out there, uh, out of their Midwest region, uh, out of the South region. Uh, I kind of I went with uh, Florida State over uh, Baylor and Maryland and the Ohio State in there. Uh, I think Florida State has a good chance, and Baylor kind of uh, trending downwards towards the end of the season. So I like to find those teams that are you know on the on the You know, rising and playing their best ball at the end of the year, and I think Baylor, despite them being the ones that kind of leveled off the, uh, you know, the 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 revolving door that was at the top of the rankings uh, for the first part of the season, Baylor kind of leveled that off and had a great run. Uh, They lost three out of their last five games. Granted, it was to uh, Kansas and uh, TCU, and I think West Virginia was the other one in there. Uh, No shame in losing to uh, to West Virginia or Kansas. Uh, But Baylor, though, they weren't really playing the best basketball. So that's why I had Florida State coming out of the region. Uh, The hypothetical East bracket where Dayton was the one seed. Uh, You know, they would have been the great the story. They were opposed, but coming out of the bottom half was a really red-hot Michigan State team that's been there before, has great talent and a great leader in Cassius Winston, a coach in Tom Izzo who's been to the top of the mountain, seems to take his team to the Final Four, Every other year it seems. So after I got Michigan State beating Dayton to get to the Final Four, and then finally out west, uh, really tough region out there with some uh, some really strong teams. Uh, but I think uh, Gonzaga was my pick uh, to come out of the West. So uh, looking at it, it's a Gonzaga, Michigan State, and the other side Kansas and Florida State, and then I had Kansas over uh, Michigan State in the title game.
0: That's a good bracket, brother. I got to tell you. I, uh... A lot of similarities here. I, I had coming out of the, a couple upset picks. So I'll start with, uh, obviously I'm a Pac-12 footprint kind of guy. So I started with the teams I pick out of the Pac-12. Uh, I had Arizona State going down to Florida. I had, uh, uh, I'm trying to see here. Um, I wrote I this all out here. I, Arizona actually. And it's not just because they covered them forever, <laughs> but you know, I think that's a team that's been battle tested. And I, 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 I thought Deep Najee and, uh, Mika Mannion, those guys were, and even Josh Green were starting to really hit their mark at the end of the season. And you know, when you get into the tournament, crazy, crazy things happen. So, I had uh, Arizona being the first real upset in the tournament, knocking off Baylor in the second round. And I had Arizona get on a little bit of a run. I think they could, could have, I had them knocking off Ohio State, but then running running out of gas and getting destroyed by Florida State in the lead Eight. So, my lead, eight, my Elite Eight was Kansas over Duke, Florida State over Arizona, Dayton over Villanova. And then in the West, I had San Diego State over Oregon. And Oregon's another team yeah. that I think is really, is vastly underrated. And, uh, you know, if you get Altman out there and Dana Altman, the coach at Oregon, uh, he seems to just hit hit a different gear when March uh, turn, uh, comes up on the calendar. I think Oregon would have won the Pac-12 tournament. I think Oregon uh, easily um, is an elite eight-level level team. And then in my final four picks, I had KU beating Florida State in, in a sledgehammer style basketball game, and then Dayton over San Diego State in a, in a track need. And in my final, I Kansas over over Dayton uh, at 68-66, uh, score I put down. But, you know, Obi Toppin, uh, I mean, Anthony Grant, I mean, yeah, he didn't really work out through Wad well Alabama, but he had a hell of a run at VCU uh, picking up mm-hmm. Jeff Cable back in the day. And he's showing, you know, now he's in this sweet spot getting back into the uh, the mid-major ranks. I think Dayton, even after they lose Toppin and a couple other guys next year, I think they can be a hell of a team. And then my player of the year is Top himself, Toppin himself, Obi Toppin. Coach of the year was, was interesting. There were a lot of good candidates there, including Grant. I went with Brian Dutcher from uh, San Diego State. And that's a guy who was an assistant coach uh, under Steve Fisher for years and years, dating back to when both of them were at Michigan together. And he bided his time forever. And I saw uh, going to Colorado State, I was at, in the Mountain West, uh, when, when Fisher was really hitting his mark uh, with Kawhi Leonard and a bunch of other guys who you never heard of, and you know, that team made a couple of sweet 16s, never could really break through. And this year it seemed to be the one that they finally have a chance to maybe get a Final Four appearance. But, yeah, so I had Brian Fisher as my coach of the year. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just a shame. I mean, obviously they had to do what they had to do. And as we see today, uh, the uh, Olympics is making the same decision. And we don't know when sports will come back. So that's why podcasts like this, I think, are great because, you know, it gives us a chance to kind of play out a hypothetical situation, but that never will obviously happen in our life. But, uh, Tony, do you have a favorite memory or anything from the regular season, the basketball season that was before Elfitt got canceled?
1: Uh, um, you know, as an Ohio native growing up, uh, you know, seeing what uh, Chris Holtman was able to do with that Buckeye team, uh, with the Wessons and uh, the good freshman class that they brought in uh, – to. See that team, you know, the beginning of the season, they knocked off North Carolina before we knew North Carolina was a complete dumpster fire. Uh, they beat Villanova, they and rise all the way up to number two in the country. Uh, I think they were behind. I think it was rather than Gonzaga was number one at that point. Buckeyes got way up to number two. It was just it was great to see that team come together and, and rise up in the way. Well, Chris Holtman, uh who's had success pretty much everywhere he's been, and now being at a at a major program, a Power Five program, uh, seeing what he was able to do there. Uh, yeah, they kind of cooled off a little bit, had some bad losses, which really was in a brutal, uh, big 10, uh, you know, a loss to Penn state, lost to Minnesota. Uh, you know, the teams like, you know, Penn state was the one, you know, you mentioned Oregon and I think that Penn state, Oregon game would have been uh fantastic. I thought that would have been a second round game out there, but I agree with what you said about, you know, hoping and the ducks is, uh, is, is what they're able to do. Uh, you know, go back to the, the bracket, I had them losing to Gonzaga, but, uh, seeing what Ohio state was able to do and, and the way Chris Holman was able to uh, build that team up and just the overall strength of, uh, and gets where, you know, you know, Ohio state, you know, for what they're always been in football, they've never been like the, the basketball power, despite, you know, a couple, uh, you know, a final four runs, a, a national title game, no seven, uh, final four run, I believe, uh, uh, 13, 14 ish for the Jared Seller Aaron craft team that lost, uh, well lost the candidates in the finals who eventually lost to the Juggernaut Kentucky team of Anthony Davis. Uh I forget what year what that actually escapes me right now at the at the moment. I want to say thirteen, fourteen ish. Uh but uh you know, so they're a team that's always kind of been there every few years. Like Chris Holtman has really been uh bringing them back up to uh, prosperity and hopefully getting up there. So being able to get that team to rise and, and, and kind of like I said earlier, just uh, just the, the rise of the mid majors, the uh, the San Diego States, the well, it seems like exactly has always been up there. But you know, Dayton having this Cinderella run, and it's been great to let to see him play it out. Even though you know, and uh, you know, I eventually had him losing to Michigan State in the Elite Eight. But you know, just seeing their rise, uh, and you know, Creighton and what they were able to do. Seton Hall, you know, these sleeper teams that haven't really been, uh, you know, been mentioned uh, over the last few years to see what they are able to do, and just just the 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 variance and uh, of all these teams getting up there and. Uh, you know, as Sam said, this could have been a year in the mid majors. And you look at some of the uh, some other ones, some uh, some sleepers that I had. I had Utah State uh, making a little bit of a run. They actually, I think, beat San Diego State in the uh, Mountain West final game. They were a team that really could have made a run. Akron, uh, a 12 seed in this bracket, I had them beating Auburn and uh, beating Louisville. Uh, who was another team in uh, in Louisville was uh, supposed to be playing Liberty in the first round and Liberty was a team. They won 29 games this year. They could have made a run. So seeing all these uh, mid-majors that really could have had an impact and just seeing uh, the ones that were able to rise up to the uh, top of the ranking, get the recognition for it.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty much the same with me. I, I was really amazed. And this I got to admit, it was probably the season where I I lost, I watched the least amount of basketball of any year. Uh, obviously, I've been quite busy the last couple months, and I've just really hadn't had the time to watch it. And it's a shame because the, the bits, the big bits to watch, were remarkable. I mean, I uh, I remember tuning in just in time to watch Stephen F. Austin beat Duke. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I saw Wofford beat UNC, and obviously UNC a historically bad year for them. Uh, but no, nonetheless, I mean, it was that non-conference. They, 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 pick, they picked, they picked a great
1: year to be a dumpster fire though. I'll tell you that much for sure.
0: Yeah, I know. Right. No one's going to have it down
1: here. This is the year to have it.
0: I know. Right. If You're going to be terrible, but I mean, then the other side, you have Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers was, yeah. was, was remarkable. Steve Pickle having a hell of a, doing a hell of a job up there in Piscataway. And, and they were,
1: we, we have a good, uh, we have a good mutual friend, uh, Rutgers grad and uh, Gary Potoski, who I know was, uh, all, all hey, over the Rutgers bandwagon.
0: Future APSC so, president. That's right. Kerry
1: it would have been nice to see, uh, you know, them getting uh, made and run and seeing his uh, his support for him as they would have went on.
0: Yeah, I know. That's another fun thing. I mean, uh, obviously you and I both know each other well through the Associated Press Sports Editors. Shout out to that fine organization. But, yes. you know, we know people from all these colleges thanks to that organization. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a shame. I mean, it, it would have been fun to see how it all played out. But, you know, the nice thing is, I don't know about you, I don't know how you've been coping, but obviously I got laid off on Friday. And the last – I spent this weekend, besides hiking, I've been watching a lot of old memories from the Blake tournament. Uh, I watched Stephen Steph Curry's remarkable performance back in oh seven oh eight when he destroyed uh, Georgetown and a couple other teams. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it got me thinking, man. I don't know how many you want to give me, but just pick out a couple of your favorite <laughs> memories from March Madness of, of Yoel, as we try to find a way to kind of cope with not having this seminal event happen that, that really gets us through a tough time of the year uh, when, when the calendar switches from, from winter to to spring.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I'll go all the way back and bring you my very first memory of the NCAA tournament in 1988. I was, I was sick at the time. Uh, I was like off from school for, you know, not virus sick, hopefully, I don't know, whatever it was, but I was off school for a while uh, and I was at home, and basically I was just watching because you had the tournament on, and uh, I started following this the the story that they were sell- really pushing that year with Danny Manning and the Miracle Kansas Jayhawks, and uh, you know I started following them, and you know that my first memory was following them and seeing them win the national title, and I remember I think it was probably the next morning, cause it was probably you know whatever however old I was at the time, you know it was probably past my bedtime when the game aired, but I think I remember it, and when I was watching home from school. I think I was watching a VHS recording of it the next morning. And uh, when they won, I remember jumping off the couch and just immediately collapsing back down to the ground for it. Uh, but, yeah, over the years, there have been uh, just so many great games. And uh, uh, kind of like you, you know, I got a little bit of uh, – I got a collection of some DVDs and some old memories and uh, just looking back some some great games that uh, – some great uh, – some names that have kind of been lost to, to to history, though, but had that, you know, fantastic – Moment, uh, I remember Harold the Show Arsenault in uh, for Weaver uh, Weber State against North Carolina back in 1999. Uh, you know, going back and uh, you know, one of the the things I like was the uh, the Gus Johnson uh, soundtrack to a lot of these games. Uh, Gonzaga making their run, in that same 99 year. Uh, Jermaine Mokajila and uh, Andy Sorensen in Vermont upsetting Syracuse. I believe it was a 14 over a three. Uh, I want to say that was 05 and just you know Gus Johnson's amazing call and uh, the 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 soundtrack he brought to March Madness during his time at CBS Sports was uh, absolutely phenomenal. So, so games like that and then also you know the classic championship games, uh, you know Syracuse beating Kansas in 03 with a a more late block. Uh, you know through the years, you know the the my favorite teams made a run. You know Ohio State being like I said a, as an Ohio kid. Uh, first of all, it was 99, which apparently doesn't exist now, uh, or that never happened, uh, according to the NCAA, but, you know, I still remember SUNY Penn and Michael Redd uh, going all the way to the the Final Four that year in 99. I remember, uh, you know, the '07 7 team with Greg Ogan, Mike Conley, uh, Daquan Cook, David Lighty, that phenomenal freshman class, and Ron Lewis leading it the way. And, you know, that year, speaking of Gus Johnson, I'll never forget the Gus Johnson call when, uh, uh maybe Xavier in the second round trying to avoid a potential upset. Number one seed Ohio State. Uh to Lewis, he's been awesome. Oh, God Johnson flips out, crowd goes crazy, the game goes overtime, the Buckeyes win it, go all the way to the final four. um uh, the uh you know, the the Salinger and craft games I mentioned earlier. Uh then you know, remember like just like just some of uh, the awesome championship games, uh uh, you know, Duke Butler in uh, 2010, you know, Gordon Hayward just rims out a half-court buzzer beater that would have won the national championship. Uh, a couple years ago, Villanova beating uh, North Carolina on, uh, first of all, North Carolina tying the game on just a remarkable three-point shot. Name is me who hit the tying shot. Then Villanova comes right back down uh, on the buzzer beater. Uh, Jenkins hits the three uh, to win the national championship at the buzzer and just You know, all the phenomenal games, uh, you know, the buzzer beaters, you know, you hear some of the classic ones, obviously Bryce Drew and, uh, you know, that and thing that's, you know, you just mentioned that name and that's one a lot of NCAA fans automatically click to. Uh, But there's just so many others that uh, kind of got lost a little bit. Uh, You look at Hampton uh, when they were 15 seed beat, number two Iowa State, uh, whatever year that was, 04, 03, some. uh, Mercer beating Duke, Lehigh beating Duke. A uh, lot of the teams uh, beating Duke, which uh, uh, is, brings a smile to a lot of people's faces, because I, you know, I I'll admit I fall in one of the Duke hater categories. So anytime you see them lose to a Mercer or a Lehigh, it's it's, uh, it's phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know, man. I remember uh, I was uh, I've, I've had the good fortune of covering a couple of NCAA tournaments, and um, one of the ones I was going to cover, uh, I ended up having my credential fall through the cracks at the last minute. I was in San Diego. Uh, to cover Arizona first round pod games out there. And that kind of felt through. So I was sitting in a bar in San Diego watching uh, Dayton beat Ohio state. And I remember the next day, the Dayton news or whatever, the front page said the university of Dayton. And that was <laughs> the greatest headline, I think, in the yeah. 21st century sports journalism. But yeah, I know what you mean, man. I mean, I, I, I haven't covered the tournament since Boise in 2018, uh, you know, and so for me, I, I, all the memories I have of Washington tournament kind of get usurped from my memories being at the NCAA tournament. I covered it, Salt Lake City, pod, 2017, first, uh, seventeen, first second round games, and same with uh, Boise, two thousand eighteen. Uh, and that game, those two years were kind of incredible because I remember I got there, uh, flew into Salt Lake City, got to my hotel, dropped my, really chuck myself and my stuff in my room, and sprinted to the, uh, sprinted to the arena, which is a mile away uh and got there just in time for the, the the northwestern uh versus uh uh Vanderbilt first round game uh, in Salt Lake City and watching like eight million sports journalists because every sports journalist I swear to God went to goes to Northwestern. And there's like Michael Wobon standing there and and, 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 and like um uh, what's his name? Mike Greenberg from from mm-hmm. from, from, from uh, ESPN and all these other guys are just standing right there. And I, you know, there was so many. There was literally such an overflow crowd of journalists that, that we couldn't even go out and sit by the court. at our, our seats are basically usually you can sit for other games besides the games you're covering, but there were so many. There was such a run on press seating to cover that Northwestern game that I had to literally watch it in the in the media room where you're just watching it on a TV in the bowels of the arena. But that was an incredible experience. Uh, Watching Arizona lose to Buffalo, obviously the game itself is a little depressing, but uh, just watching that Buffalo team underneath Oates kind of become national national figures for 15 minutes or so, and watching him go toe-to-toe with John Calipari in the post-game press conference, and both of them, and you you know, you know, him trading barbs verbal barbs with uh, Calipari was something I'll never forget. I mean, it's stuff like that. I mean, it's really like... Watching it is one thing, but when you get a chance to cover the games, uh, there's something special about being there. And, and Dana O'Neill of The uh, Athletic wrote about she's covered, like, 35 of these things. I've covered two, to put it in perspective. But, uh, you know, it's she talked about how much it means to cover this event and what it's like to not have that chance this year. And a lot of the stuff she mentioned just really hit home for me. So I think the, as much as I have all these memories of watching, like, Steph Curry torch everybody in 2007 and 2008 – and you know, watching D. DiAcono and Villanova, you know, I don't care about that team, but that that run was pretty incredible. And that championship game against UNC that you mentioned is also incredible. Um, I mean, I was a little kid when Arizona won it all in '97. My dad's U of A alum. Well, I remember vaguely that happening. I'm I'm 28, so it was, you know, I was I was like five or six. Um, my first real memory of the tournament, I guess, was the was the 2001 championship game duke Arizona, and uh, you know, we all know that. Uh, uh, what's his name? It's now on ESPN. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jay Williams, he did touch the ball. I don't care what anybody else <laughs> says. Um,
1: I'll, I'll go on further. There's no way. Duke should not have beat Maryland that year. That was uh, a yeah. total referee uh, referee done job to get Duke uh, and uh, I mean, that was at, at that time, they had won a title in 10 years, and they were like the poster child. And that was just a, so – that whole tournament was such a slanted, uh, officiated uh, group. And that's kind of when, you know where where some of the the Duke uh,
0: the Duke hatred I think comes from for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. I know, man. I mean, it, it, so I mean, all those things come to mind. Uh, I just missed the event itself. Oh yeah, yeah. That first weekend, no one's doing work. Like everybody's got it on, has, has either a live stream on or uh, is sneaking out to a bar or a restaurant or something. But no one's no one's working that weekend. No, or everybody's no. everybody's watching the game somewhere or another. And that's what I miss. I mean, I miss the amount of work that was not being done (laughs) for sports, not because of a pandemic, you know, and right. Those were beginning work, not doing work for the right reasons, you know, and uh, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, Tony, it's just, it's an incredible event, man. And it's, 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 we miss it, but uh, I got to tell you, man, it's been fun going back and watching some of these. And I'm not a guy that I don't like watching old sports. I'm not that kind of guy. I don't watch ESPN Classic. I, I didn't even know it still existed until this thing kicked off. But it's been fun going back and watching these old tournaments, man. I've been watching YouTube clips right and left, and it's uh, it's been real entertaining, man. I mean, I forgot uh, how bad basketball is in standard definition. Holy, cow. you talk about <laughs> yeah. you talk about being you talk about being spoiled, man. Go back and watch these games from 1999. And it looks like it was 1969.
1: Yeah, you know, when, uh, I, I think it actually, uh, stemming from one of our group texts that we had with some of our, uh, you know, the APSE funding. I think, uh, our, our, our good friend, Justin Peltier from the Boston Herald brought up, uh, you know, a championship, uh, a graphic of the championship being held, which led to one shining moment, which led me to literally sitting on YouTube and for about a half hour going through every one shining moment video for about 15 years and through it all, and just seeing all the different highlight packages. Uh yeah. yeah, you're right. It, it, it's incredible. And you know, you look back at some of these old like I said, I got uh, you know uh, some some old DVDs with yeah, yeah, the the games from the nineties, it looks like yeah, it might have been played in like seventeen oh four. You know, might as well have been with the uh, <laughs> the uh the the graininess and uh the uh they thankfully my my collection doesn't go back further to where the uh, the shorts are which are still in uh, style though.
0: Yeah. No, it's been the opposite for me, watching those early two thousands games where the guys are basically wearing like Capri's. And I forget, I forgot how baggy basketball uniforms used to be, man. Like now it's all yeah. streamlined, and we're kind of like going back to like shorter shorts, but not short shorts, but like, like you know, the like, like sculpt sculpted athletics apparel. And it's, it you know, versus the stuff that looks like you're wearing, you know, you're, you know, it looks like you're, it looks like you're, you know, wearing like, <laughs> wearing and like yeah, And Hammer exactly. pants, yeah. Yeah, or Jenkos if you remember those from back. Oh in- yeah, it, yeah. It's just it, it's hilarious to me how much things have changed. But yeah, man, I mean it's uh, it, it's so anyway, man. I gotta ask, how's uh, how have you been coping with not having any sports during this, <sighs> this whole pandemic thing?
1: Well, it's outside the uh, um, outside of the the, the videos, kind of kind of doing what we uh, can. Uh, a little hiking, a little bit of walking. Uh, you know, like like kind of like you uh have been doing as well, trying to get out and uh, before the uh the martial law sets in and uh you know, armed guards keeping us in our houses, trying to get out and get some fresh air and get some exercise in. But uh, you know, to keep that competition, uh the the, comp- the, the spirit of competition going and just get that thrill of competition. Uh we we've been watching a lot of food Channel. and uh we've mm-hmm. been watching uh let's see, uh we, we went through one whole season of uh spring baking championships. So those are exciting. Uh, there's another season I think just started now that we're gonna have to get into. Uh, the Great Food Truck Race uh, is back with the premiere episode, uh, so that and the uh, the, the Buddy versus Duff Cake Wars, uh, those are that, that's, that's a heated uh, one-on-one battle. So, uh, so I mean, but there, there's uh, there's the different ways just to keep the the competitive juices flowing. And yeah, marble racing uh, on on uh, on YouTube that uh, you know we discovered. You know, different things to be able to get the find keep that competitiveness and find that. Uh, that, 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 thrill of competition, uh, maybe outside of the normal sporting realm. So whatever you can do to kind of, uh, kind of, kind of get some excitement in the, into the the moment.
0: Yeah, I know, man, I know how you feel. I've been, uh, I mean, I've been playing a lot of FIFA, uh, which, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've been, I've been playing FIFA and, and sporting video games even more than usual. I'm not much of a gamer. If you've ever played video games against me, you can probably attest to that <laughs> because I'm awful at them. But, I, I it's been anything I can really to try to try to find some semblance of of sports man. I mean it's I'm not I, I'm I'm a big fan of music and everything else. So I like to think of myself as not sports dependent. But right. you know it's you realize when when you don't have any at all and you're kind of cut off cold turkey, how much you you miss being able to just pop in and watch a couple minutes of basketball or a couple innings of a baseball game. And I mean I live in Phoenix and we've got four professional sports teams here that I know maybe five. And all of them are shut down. And you know, I mean, I used to get cheap tickets and just go to a go to a Suns game or go to a Coyotes game or go to watch anything. And it's even if you don't care about the teams, it's like you know, it's like wall dressing. You're like, ah, who cares? It's still something, you know. And right,
1: it's still so, so bad. You know, we're, we're we're more of a minor league town up here. I mean, we've got Philadelphia, New York, all a couple hours drive. But, you know, we're a minor league town. we got the, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, you know, top affiliate here in town. Uh, in spring now, it'll be getting time for the uh, the Scradin-Wilkes-Barre Riders minor league baseball team, the top Yankees affiliate. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it would always be, you know, okay, oh, you know, Sunday off, nothing to do. Yeah, you know, let's just go to the ballpark, watch the game. Or, yeah, let's, you know, let's Let's go. Uh, let's go out to the arena, see the uh, the hockey game. And now it's like, well, let's uh, uh, let's do laundry, I guess. Uh, no, no, never mind about that. Uh, no, eh, let's just watch some more Netflix. You know, it's just, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a a, a law, you know. It's the times when you know we we got back in from a hike yesterday, and it's like, okay, you know, okay, you know, Sunday afternoon, okay, yeah, It'd be like, okay, that's it. Would, you know, I begin the, the the notifications on my phone. CBS would be passing off turn on now. We have, you know, Michigan State and Ohio State and locked in a great game. All right, great. Let's watch the end of that. Now it's like, okay, let's watch the make this cake. You know, let's, we'll see how, how good he makes his dog cake, you know. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, I've been watching uh My girlfriend and I have been trying to check off as many Oscar winning slash nominated Best Picture films. Uh, and also I have discovered my love for Shaun the Sheep, uh, Kids' cartoons, which is really odd. There's something soothing about how cute they all are. I've really leaned into that in this time of British, British odd, quirky children's shows that shouldn't be shown to children because it's definitely above its Y7 rating. But you know, things like that, man. It's it's been you do whatever you can, I guess, to get through the times. But Tony, man, I appreciate you joining me today, and uh, we'll we'll I'll pick this up. We'll 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 keep this going. I'll call you again and. Couple of weeks and we can talk about something else, man. But uh, maybe maybe, maybe we could do the hypothetical baseball season or something. There, there we go, there we go. I like it. We can like some, one of us can go buy the show or something and simulate the season and report back on what what who won each division or whatever.
1: But like you it. know,
0: yeah, man. Well, I hope you're doing well. It's, uh, thanks for joining me, and uh, until I talk to you again. Same to everybody else. Uh, y'all have a good day. I'll uh, I'll see you guys on the flip side.